0: Welcome to the Write Something Worthy podcast, where we teach emerging authors how to ditch the fear, confusion, and overwhelm of writing a bestseller-worthy non-fiction book. And now, your host, Tanya Brockett. Woo! Right. Greetings, everyone. Tanya Brockett here. I am so excited, woohoo! The Write Something Worthy podcast is celebrating its first anniversary today. So before we begin this week's episode, I want to celebrate where we've been over the past year and thank our guest and talk about what's on tap for season two of the Write Something Worthy podcast. So first, let me give many, many thanks to our guest in season one i'm going to rattle them off in list uh format in order of appearance but i want them to know how very much we appreciate them so first on our show we had randy Piser from author one stopping then we had rita rosenkrantz a wonderful uh, literary agent up in New York. Then Mark S.A. Smith, who just gave us two fabulous episodes of information. Kent Sanders, Judy o. Burns, Susie Carter, Scott Stewart, Gerard Jones, Jason Alcott, Gary Cox, Alana Sharps, and Heather Hummel-Gallagher. All graced our presence with their presence. <laughs> and I want to again express my appreciation for them and c- celebrate their continued success as well. You know, it's been it's been an interesting year for all of us, so this is terrific. So I invite you to go back and listen to their episodes and visit their show notes to reconnect. Um, I would love it if you would show your appreciation by visiting their sites or buying their books. We have links in their respective show notes, so please tap into them because they were a wealth of valuable information and they shared from their hearts and and I really appreciate that. So thank you for all the guests in season one of Write Something Worthy. Thank you. Now I have a few special announcements before we get into our um, episode today. And that is that... Um, the Write Something Worthy podcast is going to take a break between season one and season two so that we can make some upgrades to our show, set up new platforms, increase our accessibility, and tweak some show formatting. So during this time, if you have ideas, suggestions, wishes, dream guests, or other input that you would like to offer for season two, please, please, please send it on to us. Your feedback would be so welcome. Send us an email at podcast at com. That is podcast at com. We absolutely value your input and we totally love hearing from you. So let us know what you, what you would like to see or hear or learn about or explore or enjoy over the next season of the Write Something Worthy podcast. So we're going to start season two of the podcast on the first Wordworthy Wednesday of June 2022. I'm putting the year on there because some people may hear this podcast a year from now and think that it's coming up, but Wednesday of June 2022, which is actually the first of June, that's when we're going to launch season two. So we're still going to air two more episodes this month in April to finish our top 10 tips series that we're doing right now and to share some celebratory clips from the first season. To so be sure to listen in and tell all your friends that they can binge listen to the first season during the month of May. You know, then they'll be ready to uh, return with us on June 1st, 2022 for season two. Besides, they probably already binged out on Bridgerton and will need something more constructive to do, right? So now they can binge on season one of the Write Something Worthy podcast and then join us for season two on June 1, 2022. So thank you so much for all of you who have been with us throughout the year and who have listened and shared with us and celebrated us and enjoyed our guests. I want to thank you so much for being a part of this journey with us it has been an absolute joy to share our message with you, the nonfiction author, and to help you to ditch that fear, confusion, and overwhelm about writing and publishing a book so that you can be your best and put your best message forward for the rest of the world to enjoy. So thank you for being with us. Okay, now I am going to continue with our list of top 10 tips that is gonna be found in my upcoming book, Top 10 Tips for Nonfiction Authors. I wanna finish this list before the end of April so that it will be complete before we break for season two. Now last week we covered tip eight to gather your circle. This week's tip number nine is to remember your ideal reader. Remember Your Ideal Reader. In case you haven't noticed over the past 51 episodes of this podcast, I believe that identifying and getting in touch with your ideal reader is essential for all nonfiction authors. Actually, it's it's essential for every author. But since we're all nonfiction authors here, uh, I want you to recognize how important that is. It's so important that it is step one in the Bebop course that's available at outlinebooks.com, And it's foundational in my ghostwriting work with my clients. We do strategy sessions up front, working through who that ideal reader is, how we're going to reach them, what we want them to feel when they're done with that book, and all of that before we begin to write that book. And... You'll find that identifying your ideal reader is going to be in market planning programs for a variety of different business needs right now, especially for online businesses. So it is something that you need to consider, plan for, think through, identify, and heck, if you can come up with a picture and a a name to stick on your computer while you're writing your book, all the more better. So... As a reminder, I, let's address who that ideal reader is. Basically, your ideal reader is the one ideal person to have your book in hand. They're the one that you can visualize taking a book off the shelf to solve their particular issue or gain a specific benefit. They're the one who most needs what your book has to offer. They're the one that you're going to write your book for and the ideal candidate to buy, read, and benefit from your book. That's who I'm talking about when I'm talking about your ideal reader. So let's just talk briefly about some of the benefits to knowing your ideal reader. Why do you even care? I believe... there are a variety of reasons. I'm going to label some of them right now and name them for you because I really, truly believe there are distinct benefits to understanding who your ideal reader is. First is, writing to one person with a specific need that you can specifically address in your book makes your writing process easier. So you don't have to struggle with that writer's block that Heather Hummel Gallagher never gets. You don't have to figure out what am I going to say, who, you know, because you know exactly who you're writing to. You don't have to include chapters in your book that aren't relevant to your ideal reader. For example, when when my next book comes out, Top 10 Tips for Nonfiction Authors, I don't have to spend time addressing concerns of novelists because my ideal reader is a non-fiction author. So that saves me a lot of content and it allows me to focus in a specific area of publishing. The same goes for you. When you know your ideal reader, you don't have to worry about all the other things they could potentially want because you're focusing narrowly on a specific need that they have at this moment. You don't have to write everything you absolutely know about a subject. You just need what your ideal reader needs to get out. And that's it, you can stop there because you can always write book two, remember? And book three and book four and book five. So, focus on your ideal reader and it makes your writing process easier. This also applies to writing blog posts and articles and social media copy. It makes that easier because you can focus on the needs of your audience instead of you know taking that scatter approach and trying to reach everyone. You know some people feel that oh wow if I cut out you know a all these other people and I just narrowly focus on one particular person, then I'm gonna miss out on tons of people. The reality is the opposite is true. You will likely zero in on your target market and serve them so well that others will begin to pay attention. For example, uh, many of my tips that are gonna be in my book, for example, are helpful for writers of all genres. But my attention is focused on the nonfiction author. Fiction authors may snag a few tips and run with it, and that's great. But nonfiction authors may share it with their other writing friends, and that's awesome too. But I won't have to dilute my message trying to please everyone. I can just focus in on who my ideal reader is, and that's a benefit for you as well. So now when you are writing anything to that ideal reader, it can be very specific and focused to their needs and what they're trying to solve and what they're trying to do and how they think and where they are and not everybody in the world that could possibly want your book. They may get your book anyway, but let's focus tightly on that ideal reader so that you can write your best book ever. Now, along the lines with social media copy, it also makes writing ad copy easier. So, you know who you're looking for, you can target all of your marketing and your ads accordingly. You don't need to waste time, you know, putting your ads in a sports magazine when you write, you know, when you're writing about business things that have nothing to do with the sports enthusiast. So it depends on what it is that their interests are and where you're going to find your ideal reader and what they choose to um, pull down in their information downloads as well. So if your ideal reader is actually in the sports market, then that's fine. That's great. You can market and target your ad there. But when you know who your ideal reader is, you'll know what kind of information they like to receive and you'll know where to find them. And that helps you to target your ad copy a lot better. The bottom line though when it comes to writing is that knowing your ideal reader helps you to write something worthy on whatever platform and not just your book. So all of it helps your ideal reader to receive your message with greater joy and know it is for them. Know it's for them. Other benefits for knowing your ideal reader is that it can help you to pitch yourself on podcasts for interviews, for example. If your target market is an executive chef uh, looking to systematize their restaurant kitchen processes or something like that, you don't need to bother pitching uh a beauty supply podcast, right? I mean, if that's just not <laughs> where your audience is, there's no point in trying to get there. So knowing your ideal reader can help you to um, to pitch yourself on the shows that matter, that have your audience, where you can add value so that the podcast host can feel great having you on because they know that you're adding value to their listeners. And the same for, you know, newscasts or media appearances. When their audience is your target reader, then it makes more sense you're going to be able to add more value. And to support your appearances on those shows, if you have like a a landing page or an opt-in that offers a gift to their listeners, it's going to be more specific and It's going to be more targeted and suited for that reader. So it'll be more ideal. Knowing your ideal reader also helps you to be more authentic and how you share information. When you know your crowd and you feel comfortable, right? You don't have to get hung up with the, oh, what will they think of me? You know, those woes are gone, right? You don't have